You're listening to the She's on Her Toes podcast, episode eight. She's on Her Toes podcast is about getting ahead in the business of fitness. We'll take a real life look at what it takes to own and operate a boutique fitness studio, sharing what it's really like to run a business. You know, all the stuff they don't teach you in business school. Hey everyone, Carolyn here. I just wanted to give a quick intro. If you'll remember last week, we had part one of how to hire a rockstar team and we just talked so long that we separated the episodes. We divided them into two parts, part one and part two. This is part two of that conversation. So if you haven't listened to part one, maybe go back and uh, listen. That would be episode seven, how to hire a rockstar team part one and we will continue our conversation in part two enjoy let's start out by talking about what makes a good teacher or front desk associate or some studios call them bartenders Uh, we do not and I can explain that in a little bit here but really any good employee um, yeah like what makes a good employee are there certain qualities or skills that are necessary like what are we looking for when we seek to hire somebody? Well, you, um, even like, so if you're not even talking about like your culture, your vision, not even look, Mm -hmm. not even having them look at that yet, you still, you want to look for an employee that's trustworthy. You want to look for an employee that's honest. And then there are really like basic skills, right? Your trustworthiness, your honesty. Um, can I rely on you? Are you reliable? And Mm -hmm. I think that if you start with those really basic qualities you can build a really strong employee but it's going you're not going to be able to build a strong employee from somebody that you can't trust and somebody that isn't reliable and somebody that's not honest with you so to me those are the qualities that you really need to start with I need to see from you and then at that point um, you can build your employee into what you need them to be yeah and that goes back to the culture absolutely yeah yeah definitely and I think we also look for people um, after you find that you know that you can trust and whatnot. Everything Emily said that they will learn from constructive criticism, not negative criticism, but oh, you know, you're they're, you're teaching them new things and that they'll take that and say they do mess up, like we've talked about before. But they learn from it and they fix it and they're mm-hmm. able to adjust that and make it right the next time and learn from it and just continue to grow. No, you're right. Thing. It's yeah. really like hard. Yeah, it. absolutely. It's really hard to have somebody that you cannot give feedback to or that you give feedback to on deaf ears. It's That's a really hard person to work with. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think like also, you know, especially in this environment, because you do have to be a little bit outgoing and comfortable around new people. So like if you're super introverted, and I'm not going to say like we've never hired introverted people because we do have a few people that are currently working here that I would classify as introverts. But like you really need to be on the more like extroverted side. Like you need to be able to, you know, confidently talk to people that you don't know and then more even along those same lines like if somebody is trying to you just need to be confident in like your position so like if some like of course we have people that show up late people that want things that like are not really like in line with our policy you have to be confident to tell those people no or if you don't want to do it say well let me check and I'll get back to you but like don't just roll yeah like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I've totally said let me check with Carolyn I'll get back to you but yeah you never want yeah yeah um so yeah I think like it's all about like the quality 
like the I guess value structure of the person and yeah of course there are certain skills that like everybody needs in an office job but I mean at this point it's pretty like given that everyone knows how to use the phone and the computer and Microsoft Word and Excel I mean if you don't like I, I feel like that's pretty like yeah standard. we've ne- yeah we've yeah. never had an issue with that yeah, yeah. Um, well, and you need someone that can sort of go with the flow, too, especially where we are. And I'm assuming that would apply to mm-hmm. any, of, a lot yeah. of businesses. Yeah, because totally. the way the evenings and, I mean, the weekends can be a little hectic in here working the desk. You have someone filling out a waiver. They're new, and then you need to get them set up for their first class and get mm-hmm. them introduced to the instructor. And then you also have someone in that needs to buy socks or wants this pair of leggings. Mm-hmm. And you obviously won't. You're making those sales. Yeah. <laughs> um, but someone that can not multitask and not be successful but they know how to prioritize what's yeah, going on yeah. at the time and make everyone get into class yeah. on time and have everything flow yeah throughout yeah. the day yeah it's important be like a good like conductor <laughs> yeah there you go. Yeah. 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 yeah 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 keeping it all keeping all the keep everything yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. running smoothly yeah but then and i know we've talked about this in the past and you know in the course how to hire a rockstar team there is like a special bonus video on how to hire teachers specifically. In my book, I talk about really the process that we use to hire front desk associates, but I mean, it's very similar, the process for both teaching and front desk associates. So we don't have like separate processes for each. But I mean, I guess let's talk about this. And for those of you out there that don't have a fitness business, I mean, I think like a lot of the things that we talk about with teachers and hiring teachers can be pretty much like over cross to like creative roles or that kind of thing. What about past teaching experience in fitness? I mean, is that important? So you'll definitely want to get Carolyn's course and look at this bonus video that we did. We talked talked for like we talked forever. Like my face was getting red. Like a good forty-five minutes to an hour. Yeah, it was. It's all on there. Yeah. So, and um, we had one of our longtime instructors, our longest instructor with Carolyn Mm -hmm. Tracy, on um, talking about it as well. Super qualified. She's been here. She's seen a lot. But we kind of went into this, and we kind of went back and forth with ideas and. Um, originally what I thought is the same thing that I think now and it's kind of the same thing that Tracy and I talked about we don't think it's important that you have a background in fitness so like if you're a business owner and you're hiring for a creative job or you know a public a job where somebody's gonna be up in front of somebody and you want like a really quality person up there it's not so much for us about you know that they have the background in the content it's that they meet your your other needs so they fit with your culture they fit with your vision statement and they have some of those outgoing personality they have an outgoing personality they're confident those things are much more important in shaping an instructor a fitness instructor to us than that you've taught something in fitness before because we're going to take the time to teach you how to teach pure bar or whatever it is that you're doing different yeah it it is it's totally different and just because you were a really great what instructor at something else fitness yeah yeah (laughs) does not mean that you're necessary that's not what's going to make you a great instructor for us there are lots of other qualities so I think Tracy said uh somebody said like you will we will bring you 90% of the way there and then you mold yeah Yeah. and then you get yourself the other 10% with what with what you have so as long as you can come in with some of those basic qualities anybody that's going to be in an out facing role like you want them to be 
positive and outgoing and um, comfortable speaking to people and confident in front of groups or just confident within themselves that they can be in front of a group. And then you are going to give them the skills when you build as you're building and training them um, to become the best for the role that you're putting them in. Yeah, I totally agree. And I feel like I can relate because I not long ago went through the process of becoming an yeah. instructor. I'd say it's been about a year now. Yeah. I never thought I have like sports background. I've always been fit or, you know, um, some active. like active and whatnot. But I never saw myself actually leading um, a fitness class, even though I did teach children back in the day, you know, so long ago. Um, <laughs> but I definitely was given everything I needed and they believed in me for some, for some reason <laughs> just kidding but I was I worked the desk and then Emily I uh, had the opportunity um, to go on to training and it is you know obviously I fit into the culture and whatnot and then Emily was she's wonderful at what she does with helping our instructors and everything gave me the tools I needed I'd say everything I needed well it was 90% came from her yeah. and then to actually get up in front of everyone and do it all and have the confidence and courage that was on me to be able to make it all come together and happen but yeah I agree 100% with all of that with not needing what I'm trying to say going on and on here <sighs> what I'm trying to say is I didn't have a background in teaching a fitness type of class so I agree yeah. with that 100% yeah, I guess, and then just getting back to the whole, like, in the previous episode, we talked about visionary and integrator, integrator roles, and, I mean, when we first opened, it was obviously my responsibility to get everyone through training, and <laughs> as somebody who... She got me through training. Yeah, well, that was probably Which you did a more, very good job. <laughs> probably more like, I'll take myself 90% of the Carolyn, I'll give you 10%. I wish I could have seen it, this. Just, like. just, just to give Carolyn, she was really sick when this happened. So oh, it's no. not like she was, like, neglecting us. She was, like, resting for her health. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, good times. But, um, yeah, I had shingles on my face. So yeah, that was, it was brutal. That was a really uh, lovely, awesome time in my life. But, yeah, no, I just, like, when it was my responsibility to get through people through training, just that was not my ideal role. So I would be like, well, here you go. Like, practice a whole bunch and then come back and check in. Like, no help. You can just figure it out. You got this. <laughs> so obviously that was not, like, the best role for me to be in. Uh, apparently it worked out because it, the you people, picked the right people, the people <laughs> that, uh, you know we're teaching at the time were totally fine with that limited amount of supervision <laughs> and direction but yeah no once Emily and the, you know like we said we talked about in the previous episode is like just knowing your strengths as a manager like that is not one of my strengths I'm not into details I'm not into like giving you a step-by-step -step way to make it happen for yourself like but Emily is and she can go ahead and do that and you know, has turned out some really great people, uh, some really great teachers through the training process. And yeah, that, but that's not, that's not what I do. <laughs> I got a checklist for it and everything. I'm sure, you and I'm sure I've never read it. You have it, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, good times. Definitely hire teachers and front desk associates in a few different ways. Our hiring process has definitely evolved over the years as the studios have matured. We're now um, kind of coming up on that sixth year. But ultimately, I mean, we want to hire someone who is a good fit for our culture, 
So I guess let's talk a little bit more about why that's important. So we used to kind of come at hiring, and I pretty much from the time I've been here, we've done it in this new way. But when I was hired, it was different. And yeah. so we you. We used to kind of approach it as in, like, we were looking for a good teacher to fill the role, mm -hmm. and then if they – we'd be lucky if they kind of fit with our team or with our yeah. culture. Yeah. Um, so we were looking for qualities that are important, but they might not – they weren't necessarily the most important things we needed to be looking for. And my answer is going to kind of go along with our last question that we just talked about. But um, if you're going to be able to take somebody 90% of the way anyway, then you want to pick the right person because it really doesn't matter as long as they have those basic qualities, they're trustworthy and you can rely on them. As long as they have those qualities, you're going to get them where you need them to be. But if they don't fit with your culture, even if they have those qualities, they're going to leave or they're going to cause trouble within your company's um, team and staff members. And in the long run, they're either going to leave or you're going to have to ask them to leave. So if you start by finding somebody that's right for your culture and they fit with your team, they have your passion and your vision and they're dry, they're, they agree with it and they're going to actively carry it out every day, then you, you want to invest in that person and you're going to give them the tools that they need because that's going to be a valuable employee to you. And those are the employees that stay for five years that stay for the course of your business being open. Yeah, and I definitely just adding to that because I don't know how much more I could add to that, but someone who buys it, not buys him, but enjoys the class. Yeah, I, I mean, think buys the class. Uh -huh. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. um, it is part of our culture statement is you do, it's required you take class, but it's not necessarily something that we feel like is a requirement because right. we're you passionate it. about it. That leads into the rest yeah. of our culture statement and everything. Um, so just finding, I, that's why it's so important is because they love what they do. They're in here almost every day taking class. Mm -hmm. So then I would say that is a quality we look for now if we're looking within yeah. to, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. I agree. Yeah, and I mean, the reason why taking class every week, uh, multiple times a week, is part of our culture is because all the people that never worked out didn't take class every day or didn't take class a couple times a week or didn't value taking class and that's why we're here yeah so if you can't you know support the reason the business exists then there's a problem there and of course like all of those decisions were pretty much made under duress like I felt like I had to hire somebody right away otherwise you know I was gonna have to be working you know you know like 15, every day yeah, yeah. Every day or 15 hours a day or whatever and yeah. You know, I didn't take the time to really vet these people or find somebody who would, you know, ultimately be a good culture fit. I was just looking for that warm body. And then, you know, those mistakes compound on each other. And eventually those people leave anyways, probably leave your business in worse shape than it started because they've screwed some stuff up along the way or, you know, pissed off some of your clients because of their ineptitude or whatever, or just made you angry because you had to deal with them for that long. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the reason that's in there is because it's something that is important and necessary. And I'm sure even if you don't own a fitness business, there's got to be something in your business that is kind of like you all do it. You know what I mean? Like you're, it's important, like, and, you know, maybe it's not like essential to the role but it's a huge part of like what makes your team unique and kind of holds I guess like 
the glue that kind of like holds them together. Sure. If you yeah. Well, and yeah. like if you're if you're t- if if you're offering a service or even if you're offering a product, whatever it is that you're doing, if your team's not behind it, like w- they're not going to be excited to sell it. Yeah. Like how are they going? Yeah. So it's not like you know. Some people are more outgoing on our team about talking about their love for Pure Bar than others, but everybody on the team loves taking class, and they will tell their friends, and they will tell, and they're not trying to sell to them. They Mm -hmm. just truly love Pure Bar, and so that comes out very authentically when they're talking to clients or when they're talking to just people in the community. Oh, my gosh, I'm a Pure Bar instructor. Let me tell you about it. I love. And, And if you have somebody that isn't into it like they're not going to advocate for you or it's going to be obvious when they're talking to clients like right. they're it's really important like your team is your first line and if they, you want your clients talking about it to their friends you want your staff talking about it to their friends and if they're not taking class I mean they're not going to be able to do that yeah and I think like what up till now like we've really talked about just like hiring from the outside so like you're posting an ad you're trying to attract talent from like outside your organization but I mean there's this whole other where place to find you know great employees and that's like within your organization so the whole idea of hiring from within I mean now the way things pretty much work here and again this is like you know the majority of the time somebody starts working at the front desk and then they go on to become a teacher or they're doing both roles at once. Um, So basically we're promoting them from within. I mean, how do we identify if somebody is ready to take the next step and be promoted? Um, I mean, has this improved the quality of our organization, the quality of the employees and the teachers? I mean, what are the advantages from hiring from within? Hire from within. <laughs> uh, your manager, your integrator on staff will love it. The logistics. Your chief integrator. Yeah, your yeah, chief. yeah. I will change yes. that on. I will change that on my email signature. Your you you have somebody that's already engulfed in your culture. You have somebody that's already um, can already work your systems. They can run your computer. I mean, these are just the little things, but. How much easier is it to have somebody that you don't have to take the time to retrain through that or train in the first place through that? They've already got that under control, and now you're just giving them another role. So as far as, like, has it improved the quality of our teacher and our staff? I'd say 100%. Mm-hmm. It, imp- it improves the training time. It makes for a quicker transition. You're not mm-hmm. spending as much time with them on those little things, and you're able to put all of your energy into um, getting them ready for their next role. Um, so a, I definitely think it has increased our quality of teacher and just our quality of staff member in general. Like when your staff can do multiple roles, um, you are freed up to do so much more because they can handle it. They, they can handle the client questions. They can handle any computer issues. Like they, they're able to take care of that. So they're just a much more powerful employee for you. Um, but I think that um, identifying them and and figuring out how how they're ready to take the next step. Like we have specific things as a fitness studio, but on a generic level, if you see them starting to take initiative, you see them starting to kind of make things happen on their own, or um, they're really taking pride and showing passion in their job, and they're screaming about your organization from the rooftops, and you know that they are in, that's somebody that's ready to take the next step. Uh, if you have somebody that has been there for a while and their performance just kind of tell you they're not doing anything wrong but they're not really like taking any risks or they're not yeah yeah. going out of their way to make things happen um 
that might not be an employee that needs another role, uh, that needs an, any more responsibility, but in our situation, we've been lucky enough to hire some great employees at the front desk that have shown us while working at the front desk that they are reliable and that they are, you know, they're into what we have to offer. They're 100% behind all of our culture and vision statements, and um, we've been able to give them some more responsibility, and these people have become wonderful peer bar teachers. I think, like, one thing um, that you don't even really realize that you're doing it, but you are, is you know when you promote somebody from within you really have to set the expectation about like what their new expectation is right so like you know when you were in your first role you had the expectation of you know doing that level of work and then when you obviously are promoted there is a whole new level of you know accountability and whatnot so you know I, I think it would be good to kind of talk a little bit about that because if you don't explain to these people or to your employees about you know what's expected of them going forward in the new role then I mean they're never really going to like rise to the occasion if you will so yeah let, let's, let's talk a little bit about that yeah that's a good point I think um, that when you you have somebody that has kind of if you will, mastered what they've been doing or, or they feel really confident in it and they... And you feel confident. You feel them, confident yeah. about them and they're, <laughs> yeah. show, you know, they're... Sh <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. And they're just showing you that like, you know, it's it's almost like they've kind of mastered what they're doing. They're, mm -hmm. They've got it. Um, if you give them more responsibility but you don't raise the expectations, then they're going to do that second part of their job or the more responsibility that you've given them, um, they might not like reach that full potential. So like what we've been talking about, like this theme of employees and like setting everybody up for success, uh, if you don't tell them what their expectations are, then we can't expect them to be successful I mean, in it. They may take it and turn it into what they want it to be. Mm -hmm. You know, if you do give them that chance to move up or promote them, then you need to be telling them, all right, this is it, and you don't, you know. Yeah. Because they could take it and run with it in a whole other direction that you don't want to be, um, you don't want it to go in. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, in this world of, like, everybody gets a trophy and everybody is, you know, like, getting ribbons and recognition and things like that for minimal achievement, um, I'll say that. I'm a child of the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had to, to work to get my trophies. <laughs> You know, you know, even if you have, like, a set, like, you know, I guess chart of progression for people, like, you've got to, you know, show the effort. You've got to do more to get more. And if you, you know, not everybody is going to have the same opportunities. Not everybody works as hard as the next person. And, you know, when you've got employees, you've got multiple employees, you cannot be judged in a vacuum. So like, you know, if I've got one person who's just like killing it and doing awesome work and going above and beyond, and then I've got another employee who's doing the bare minimum, I mean, there's no question in my mind who's gonna get promoted or who's going to get more opportunity. It's, you know, you have to show, like rise to that level than to be recognized and, you know, get locked in at that level, right? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, well, and then on the flip side, because, you know, there's, like, the good side of employees mm -hmm. and then the bad side, <laughs> um, and we can't ignore that. You know, are there any characteristics or qualities that we've identified that would keep us from hiring somebody? Well, someone who seems to think that they know everything, that's uh, sort of a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because yeah. it's just... You, you already know you're going to have combative situations with that person, and that's not part of our culture. So yeah. that's a huge yeah. red flag. Cause I know during interviews before, that's one thing. You can just tell how people pre present themselves and things they say. You're like, eh, nope, yep, not going to work. And you can already <laughs> say, pretty much just want to be like, you could leave now, but mm -hmm. you're not going to do that. Um, well, you could. You could. I mean, yeah. you could, yeah. Um, but I would say that's the biggest thing that comes to mind for me in that um, yeah. on that topic. Absolutely. And that person's not going to take feedback. They're not going to take, right. you know, that person's really hard to work with. Um, so that's, a, yeah, that's a good one. I wasn't even going to mention that, but that's really good. I also think like getting a sense of, I guess this kind of goes along with what you're saying, but like this person's willingness to participate and learn. If you aren't seeing a willingness to participate or you aren't seeing a willingness to learn, which kind of goes with what you're saying, but I have no desire to take that person on. Like I have no desire. They're not going to value what I have to say and I'm already turned off and probably I'm not going to value what they have to say. So I think like if you see somebody that, you know, is already putting their foot down on things, like that's automatically telling me I'm not, that's not somebody I want to go forward with and also and there are circumstances that come up but if you're not on time to the interview oh, <laughs> I'm just gonna say yeah. you're you've been moved to the bottom of the list now if you're not early if you're not on time don't open the door yeah like just go back in your car and drive away try another yeah. try you again might. another time I just or no call another place of employment <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm done I just think and you know I something happens and you know you you're late it, it the things things happen to everybody but that is the first impression and it doesn't in our business we really value timeliness but I mean who doesn't value timeliness right. so if yeah. you show up to an you should be 15 minutes early to your interview you should you're not sure how yeah. to get there you should drive there the day before yes. I've totally done yeah. that before oh like no, well, and I will say this because I'm pretty sure Emily's talking about the last time that we held an interview and I am fully like into the group interview process and I explained that in the course I explained that in the book you can learn a lot of information by interviewing people in groups. But we had somebody who was scheduled to interview in the group interview, and she knew what time the interview was. She knew where it was. And she showed up to, we have two studios. She showed up to the wrong studio. So then she arrived late to the interview. I'm sorry, like, you knew the time, you knew the place, you knew, like, where we were meeting. It was very clear. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not a good yeah. way. It's just not a good way to start, way to start. Yeah. and and it's just you know that's that kind of. Well, and it was disruptive yeah. because we had already like gotten into the groove of the group and the questions and like, I mean, yeah. it's just you have yeah. to present yourself in a certain way, and that and that that's really if if you if that's something that if you show up late to an interview, I just think to us to our establishment to our business, um, that's probably going to keep us from hiring you. Also, if you are somebody that is really negative. Like if yes. you if you're complaining cool. to me about something in an interview, yeah, like no, only that was person, not but on, I mean in an 
in an interview situation, if you're being negative already, you're in the interview, it's the first time I've met you, and you're already taking I'm a negative to stance. I'm very uncomfortable, I'm, and I'm like, yeah, nope, just stop. I'm it's done. Not gonna be because good. you're yep. going to bring this mm-hmm. negative vibe. You probably mm-hmm. don't um, fit into our culture anyway. Yeah. yeah. But if you are, if you are like bringing that vibe into a, an interview setting, no, like we and you the first and I know this is in some organ or businesses another quality that we would not uh, would not be a good fit here is someone who first thing they ask is about commission that is important that we have people who can make sales and whatnot but when you're out for yourself and just yourself we automatically know that's not going to be someone who can fit into our culture. If that's something that I guess has been important in a previous job, that's great, but it's not going to, it's not something that will make or break yeah. here. Well, it's, it's almost impossible for me to pay somebody that works here at commission because, I mean, we've talked about this in the past. I mean, it would, yeah, yeah, maybe if it incentivized people to like sell more, that's fine, but I'm not sure it necessarily incentivizes people to sell our clients the right things. Right. So that creates a problem, but then also, I mean, if I've been talking to somebody for like two weeks about buying their next package and then, you know, they happen to come in one evening and I'm at home and then this somebody else sells it to them, well, who gets that commission? Because I've been talking to them for two weeks, but you happen to be in the seat when they were ready with their the credit card yep. to yeah. sign up. Mm-hmm. So, like, how do you figure that out? Like, and I mean, I've worked in jobs where it was 100% commission and... I mean, it's a very cutthroat environment. It's not awesome. I spent, like, I would say 80% of my time trying to, like, outsmart and outmaneuver, um, you know, people that I worked with in order to, like, keep even just, like, my clients. Like, you had to be very specific. There was, a like, a whole documentation software that we used where, you know, you had to enter the client in first and then put in copious notes because, yeah, if it ever got to a situation where somebody else, like, stole them or tried to, like, you know, complete a deal with that client, then you could go back and say, no, I was the one that talked to them first. I was the one that did all this work. I mean, but you had to prove that. And I just think that there's a better use of time, especially for somebody that works here in this fitness studio than... We all have the same end goal. Yeah, exactly. We work together to do what's best for our clients and their needs. Yeah, and if you can't, and everybody's situation is different, but, like, if you can fairly compensate your employees, they're going to feel confident making a sale, and the the stress of, like, me doing this, me, 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 um, goes away, and they start to use their staff, because a lot of times it's great if you can have more than one person talk to to somebody to make a sale, you know? Like, and I think, like, the, the last thing I'll say on this is... Once you have like gotten Carolyn's course and you have created your vision, mission, and culture, if you're hiring somebody and they don't agree with that, do not hire them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, every hiring mistake that we've made here has been a fit of culture. Like the person has not, you know, subscribed to or endorsed one or more points of the culture. Yeah, every single time. Yeah, that goes back to if you, you know, don't create the culture, if you are not the leader setting the tone for the culture of your business or your organization, then your employees will do it for you and they will have bad ideas about what that should be. And it will trickle down and everyone will eventually be, you know, working not 
on the things that you want them to be doing. It happens every time. That's your biggest <laughs> red flag. That's your biggest yep. red flag. Yeah. yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. And if you, like, I guess as the owner, like, you know, we all get these weird things like, oh, I don't know. Like, I mean, this person was okay, but like, you kind of get this weird, like, sixth sense. Like, don't hire them. I mean, yeah. again, every time that's happened to me, it's always been a disaster. And, you know, it's always better, like, that old adage, like, hire slow, fire fast. I mean, that's true. Because, like, once you bring somebody into your organization, I mean, they're part of the team and you're stuck with them. And it's really hard to, you know, kind of come to the determination that they don't fit or that they, you know, need to leave. Um, and that is a, that's a difficult conversation. And, you know, it would be much better use of your time, of that person's time, if they, you know, were a good fit going forward. Of course, like, circumstances change, people change, like, their priorities change, like, they, you know, need more out of a job or, like, more out of life or whatever, and that's fine. Like, people change jobs, like, that's reality. But, yeah, if you can find somebody who's awesome at the get-go, and even if they only work for you for a year, I mean, think of all, like, you really just have to think, but you can't think about, oh, they only stayed for a year. Well, what did they do in that year? I mean, did they like move your business forward? Did they help you grow your business? If the answer is yes, then that was a good hiring decision. And I know that's difficult for a lot of business owners to think about, but if you didn't have that person, like where would you be? That's what you really, I mean, cause people are gonna leave, people are gonna move on, like that's inevitable. Like this, we're not like, you know, in a gold watch society anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think like this has been an awesome conversation. I don't know, like, do y'all have anything else you want to add? I feel like we could literally talk about this for days. We'll probably keep talking. About I know, it. like, it'll, it'll crop up in other episodes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I just think this is a really like interesting topic, and it's really interesting to have seen like the previous hiring process and how that worked and kind of see how we do it now and um, even though I wasn't on the other end of it the first time I did still kind of see it happen and I can definitely vouch for the fact that doing it this way the way that it's outlined in Carolyn's course is such a better fit and you might think like well I'm not going to be able to tell in the group interview but you really will you, you will be yeah. able to tell yeah. I've and been in, I've sat in on one well yeah. I was in one and then I yeah. um, was a interviewing in the last one I was in and it you learn a lot you can you can people. tell yeah. and once you like There's, reframe your yeah. focus and your thinking and Carolyn's got these great questions that you can get to and once you you kind of know your outline for your interview and you hold your interviewees to that process you will be able to tell like you'll be able to tell who doesn't fit with your culture you'll be able to tell the people that are not trustworthy or the people that are not going to be right for your business and if you follow that setup you can kind of take some of that stress out of oh my gosh I can't find the right person they're going to come to you oh yeah yes. and that's definitely like something that we've experienced since we have you know basically created this culture and this hiring process it's been about two years now or a little bit longer than two years is now I almost never have to like seek out an employee like it, we get so many requests to work here it's literally insane I mean I can it's I, I mean it it's awesome, but it is kind of frustrating because you're like, well, we're not really hiring yeah. right now. Like, <laughs> Nobody um, leaves, yeah, so. Like, I'll, I'll put your name or your resume in a folder yeah. and maybe get back to you in three years. But yeah. no, I mean, but like, 
you know, pretty much like anytime we need somebody, they come to us. And yeah, of course we go through the whole process with every single person that is a candidate and go from there. But yeah, when you set, take the time to like develop your leadership, develop the culture of your business and create that awesome working environment, then it's a whole new game when it comes to hiring because yeah, you've got the pick and like where it starts getting out there, like, and I don't really know like how it's propagated, but it's, it's completely different. It's like a complete game changer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it sounds like we've kind of exhausted the topic of how to hire a rock star team, at least for today. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll bring it up. And I really want to thank Emily for pointing out some of the awesome features of the course. Uh, this episode is being sponsored by how to hire a rock star team, my online course about how to hire a rock star team. <laughs> I mean, it's all in the title mm -hmm. and it's the exact process that we use here to interview and onboard people and new employees to my organization. It should work for you. Um, it's even if you don't have a fitness studio, it's very applicable to any industry. Even if you're just working in a big corporation. I mean, a lot of times when you're working for a big organization, they're not going to give you that training. I know when I worked at a big uh, Fortune 500 company, I was in charge of onboarding and interviewing uh, interns for the summer intern program. The very competitive process, those interns were often given jobs to continue working on with us as associates. And I had no training on how to do any of that. I didn't really know what I was doing. So. I definitely would have liked to have had a course like this. It would have made my confidence uh, extremely high in terms of making those decisions and help. We were in actually like a reverse group interview because there were three of us employees that were hiring like one what? person at a time. So mm -hmm. that would have been helpful to try to organize because of course when you've got multiple people making the decision about hiring somebody, um, you know, you all kind of have to be on the same page and you don't really know like what the characteristics that the other people are necessarily looking for. Like it would have been good to kind of have that kind of expectation in the beginning and made that process a lot easier. But yeah, how to hire a rock star team. Um, there is a link on the website, she's on her toes.com. And then also if you're not sure if you're ready to hire an employee, uh, we just completed the Build a Better Business five day challenge and all of that information is still live and on our Instagram for She's on Her Toes, as well as you can still get access to that Google Drive and complete all of those activities. Each activity, it's like a mini lesson, 15 minutes tops should take you each day. So hopefully you've got 15 minutes and by the end of the week, you will have built yourself a better business and have more clarity about the types of people that you would need to hire, how to just better manage your time, all good things to do when you are a business owner. So again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Again, if you could please re leave a review, that would be awesome. We are about to start having guests and we can't get awesome guests and the guests that you would like to hear if we don't have uh, proof that people are listening. We've got an awesome audience. So I wanna thank everyone for tuning in. It is literally growing by the day. I'm kind of like in awe of what's happening. It's great which means the message is awesome. So please encourage your friends to subscribe, subscribe yourself, leave a review. The more reviews we get, it's like more proof that this is helpful to people and it will definitely help us get 
um, awesome guests and help you know kind of give you more information. So again, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much.